to Baking with House of Bread, and I am your host, Sheila McCann. So it's been a little bit longer than normal since I last recorded. Um, I went to Texas to open up the McKinney House of Bread, which is in the Dallas-Fort Worth market. Anyway, they had a great opening, very busy, and I also got to work with a new oven for us. So they have a double rack oven. It's much more modern than the oven I have. So the oven I have in my bakery was made, I think, in um, like 1996. So it's pretty old. It rotates like a Ferris wheel. And so the new ones are lots, they're more compact. They're smaller, so they're, they take less of a footprint. And you generally pay rent per square foot. Um, and the other nice thing is it's steam injected. Just like you guys at home in my current bakery with the older oven, I have to inject the steam by hand. Literally what we do is we will put in our artisan loaves and we'll leave room on the trays on the other side of them and we literally just throw water on the hot oven rack <laughs> um, and it will produce steam. But it doesn't really do that great of a job. I can tell you that it's a lot easier with this new oven. I mean, literally, all you do is push a button and tell you how much, how long you want the steam to go. So for like 30 seconds or whatever you need. And then you can also program it to like re-inject steam a little bit later. I do sympathize with the home bakers because that's really more like the system I have. When we were there, I tried out some different French baguette recipes while I was there. The one I have today that I'm going to talk about is pretty close to one of their bakers. Her name is Maria. She had worked at another bakery and suggested and liked this particular recipe. So I just made some minor adjustments, a um, little less salt in it. The nicer thing about this dough, it's not a super high hydration dough. The higher hydration doughs are they're just a little bit more difficult to manage. And it also, it tasted good and looked really good. That's what we went with. Um, and it's interesting to me because of all the recipes I tried, they all contain the same ingredients, basically. It's flour, water, yeast, and salt um, for your French baguettes. But also, too, if you think about your ciabatta, that's all ciabatta is, flour, water, yeast, and salt. Um, but it has a completely different process for producing it. Not just the recipe, but also the process. What I mean by that is your ciabatta has a poolish the day before. It's a much, much more higher hydration uh, dough. It It's not meant to stand like a baguette has to stand up. The ciabatta is more flatter, like a, it's a pillow bread. Um, and when you bake it like on a hot surface, it kind of comes up just like a pillow at the bottom. Um, anyway, so on your baguettes, there are recipes that do require a day before process, but I um, don't think it's necessary. And when you're in business, you really try to take out unnecessary steps. So this is basically a real traditional baguette. You can also do what's called a uh, lapine, which is basically a French bread type loaf. You can make it round or you can make it like a football, but the la baguette, that's the long slender loaf that you're thinking of. And then a demi baguette is basically the smaller size that you can use for sandwiches. The traditional baguette, it's, it's really a light loaf. Um, its crust is dry and crunchy. 
so a little bit harder crust on it but it's also thin crust and the inside should be like light and soft i went to a law school in paris for a semester and i ate a lot of baguettes and not only am i a bread lover but also too i was broke <laughs> the french baguette were ended up being like it was less than a quarter i just kind of remember it and it was they had le bonjeres on every corner pretty much in france and i was just in heaven i ate literally every day a baguette and i would get cheese too at the fromagerie which is usually right around from the la boulangerie i heard it was government regulated and that's why the price of baguettes were so low well for this podcast i googled it and the government stopped subsidizing in 1978 and i went to law school in the late 80s but anyway they still are monitored and controlled by consumer associations so the end result is that the price of the traditional French baguette varies very little throughout France. And I looked at what the price was for today. And in bakeries, it's basically 0.9 euros, which is a little less than a dollar, or around 0.54 euros in the supermarket, which is a little less than 50 cents. And of course, just like America, their supermarket breads are not nearly as good as the micro bakeries. But the difference is in America, the vast majority of people buy their bread in the grocery stores. Whereas most French people, they buy their bread at their local bakeries. And one of the goals with this podcast is to try to get more people to understand that baking bread is relatively easy. And it is so much better for you than what you can buy in the store. And I would like to see people buy real bread from local bakeries, such as house bread, don't get me wrong, but I do recognize in America, there's not a boulangerie or house of bread on every corner. But you can make delicious, healthy bread at home pretty easily. And that's the recipe book title that's called House of Bread Made Simple. That's really is why I try to give the recipes in measurements as opposed to weight. And I think some people get intimidated by the scales and they're not used to it. So most people come into the baking world, they baked cookies, you know, they start with. And so they have the cups and the tablespoons and teaspoons at home already. Once you advance a little bit into your bread making world, I do recommend that you do adopt more of a weight approach. It's just easier to keep things more consistent. And that's actually how we do it in the bakery. But that being said, my baker's and myself, when I bake in the bakery, I don't even weigh the flour. I just kind of throw it in there. I know what it's supposed to feel like. And that's really when you get to be an efficient baker. And there really isn't just a right or wrong way uh, to get started on baking bread. You just kind of start. And it also struck me, there was a Facebook post and this woman was telling the group that don't be caught up in finding the perfect recipe. Um, just perfect the recipes you have. And it made a lot of sense to me in some ways uh, because sometimes I think people are still searching for that magic recipe. Well, really, it's it's taking your recipe, you know, whether it be the French baguette that I'm going to give you right now, and then you can personalize it. So get the recipe down and then personalize it to your own taste. Now, if you can't get the doughs to turn out, if you're listening to this podcast, 
try using grandma's white. That really is an easier, easy, easy recipe. And it's very, very versatile and you can take it sweet and you can take it savory and whatnot. Um, and then start your advancement. For the first time, I am gonna give you the weight of this recipe as well as having it as a measurement. And then because I do want people to be comfortable with weighing and measuring. Um, and if you're just comfortable with measuring, you can measure it, but just keep in mind that you can buy those scales on Amazon for like less than 10 bucks. And this recipe, it calls for warm water. It doesn't have to be super warm. Just think warm water, doing the dishes type warm water. And it's 400 grams or one and three fourths cup of water. And then it's 730 grams of bread flour or 5.2 cups of bread flour and four grams of instant yeast or two teaspoons and then 10 grams of salt or one and two thirds teaspoon of salt. And then with the traditional baguettes, we dust it with flour. So you just need a little extra flour for dusting and that's after it's all shaped and before it goes in the oven. So you wanna take those ingredients and mix it all together and just knead away. Knead for about, oh, five minutes. And um, if you're not very comfortable kneading and you're kind of new at this, then just knead a little longer. Knead for eight minutes. And the dough should smooth out. So when you first are kneading it, it's very rough. And then you just keep kneading away, dough pushing dough, and then eventually it starts smoothing out. If it's super, super um, wet where it's sticking to you all over the place, then add just a little bit of flour at a time. When I say a little bit, I'm talking like a pinch. And the reason why is because I don't want people to dry the dough out too much. This is a little bit wetter dough. Um, so it is gonna be sticky, but it can't be so sticky that you can't even knead. And then one other trip, what I like to do is I just take my hands and I dunk it in the flour and then go start kneading it again. And it should help you from not sticking because what happens is, is that it just takes a little time for that moisture to be absorbed in the kneading process um, and so you just don't want to dry it out too much. It stunts the development of your dough. Okay so the initial fermentation or it's called the bulk fermentation that's where the majority of your fermentation happens hence the term bulk. You just want to put it into a bowl. I recommend covering it and the reason why, because it'll keep it moisture. It also keeps a little bit warmer. And so you can cover it with like plastic wrap or a towel, you know, whatever. Um, just give it room to get bigger, right? So it's gonna get almost double in size. And it's gonna sit out for two to two and a half hours. It could go even three hours. And this is dependent upon the temperature of your home. So if you're on the colder side, it's gonna take a little longer. And the other thing is, is that if you do run a little cold in your home, what I would consider doing is adding a little bit of water on top. You can just take like your hand and get a handful of water and put it on it or spray it on top. What this does, it keeps the surface of the dough from drying out. The reason I don't want it dried out because it'll stunt the rising of it. When the top crust is dry before it goes in the oven, it can also separate. Um, and cause a um, just a crust and then a big hole and then your actual bread. Okay, so then after it's done its bulk fermentation, you take it out of the bowl 
And what I would recommend now is you do a little pre-shaping. Uh, and this is before the final shaping. <laughs> so there's one more sh step in this than it would be for like a, the other doughs that I've talked about in this podcast. So the pre-shaping stage. And it's important for the crust as it also removes the air from the dough and it forces the gluten to rebuild into a fresh structure and it's a little stronger. For the baguettes, what we do is we just shape it more like a football. So we don't shape it into a full baguette. You just kind of like halfway shape it. For if you're going to do like a round lapan bread or a football shape, then just shape it that kind of shape. And then the deme baguettes, those are a little bit smaller. Once again, we just kind of make those like about halfway to the shaping. Um, so it's not a tight shape. It's just kind of a loose pre-shape. For your baguettes, they are about 450 grams or 14 ounces. And for your deme baguette, it's 150 grams or 4.5 ounces. And for your loaves, they are 22 ounces or 600 grams. And like I said, if you want to make them a little bigger or a little smaller, that's up to you. It just affects the baking time. Um, your baguettes generally take about 20 minutes. And your deme baguettes, more like about 16 to 18 minutes. And your loaves, if they're round, they're going to take a little bit longer. So they could take 35 minutes. If they're more shaped like a football, it'll probably take more like 25 to 30 minutes. Just like all breads, you want to make sure that you check it, the temperature of the breads, or check your breads about 10 minutes before <laughs> um, the recipe says you, because all ovens are different. And with these higher temperature breads that bake at high temperature, they can burn pretty quick. So you can also tell kind of by looking at it too. So if it's got that nice brown color, great. If it's start if it's pale and it, even though if the temperature of the dough if you take temperature and it reaches past 180 if you like a little more color just give it a couple minutes it's that process happens pretty quick so you just don't want to keep an eye on it so your pre-shaping stage you want to leave it for about another 30 to 60 minutes so the 60 minutes is the colder the home if that's the case you also want to either cover it or put a little water on top of it um, just once again to prevent that crust from developing. After the pre-shape stage, now you want to roll tight. You want to do your final shaping and then roll pretty tight. And what that does, it reduces the flattening of the baguette. So most often this happens when the loaf needs to be shaped tighter in order to help encourage the dough to rise upwards rather than outwards. You can also use a baguette pan and that'll that has actually holes in the bottom so it allows the heat to get to the bottom and then it also keeps the shape but if you just have a cookie sheet or whatever you're totally fine with this recipe putting your baguette on the cookie sheet you just want to make sure you roll it pretty tight and what I mean by that is that when you roll out your baguettes remember it's kind of that down and out action so you start in the middle so think of it like oh like a hot dog bun shape <laughs> so you kind of want to get it into about that shape and then start in the middle and start pushing up and down with your hands and then also moving out at the same time and that takes the dough out 
it also makes it a little bit tighter and then at the final ends I like a little pointy baguette so I just take my hands and I press down just on the ends of it and you'll, it'll make it a little bit pointy. So you're going to let it rise now in that stage in your baguette stage but it really it doesn't it's not that long of a rise so probably would let go maybe like 30 minutes or so. Um, I don't want it go too much longer because sometimes it can get deformed if you let it go too long on the third rising time. So you have the first the bulk right that's in the bowl and the second one is your pre-shape and then the third one. And you can tell if it's ready to go in the oven is to do your little poke test. And that involves basically touching the dough with your finger and you push in on it and to make a small indent if it bounces back straight back the dough should be proof for longer. And once the indent takes about three seconds to return it's ready. It's a slower return that tells you the dough is ready to go in the oven. Now we don't egg wash the crusty breads. It ends up sometimes it, too dark of a crust. I like to have the egg wash more for the sweeter loaves or such as like a hollow or brioche. What you want to do is before it goes in the oven is just dust it with some flour on top and then you're going to score. And we just do a, use a sharp, sharp knife, or you can use a razor blade or whatever, but um, it's a quick cut, and you want to cut about a quarter of an inch deep. So not deep at all. So like half the size of your fingernail, let's say. Um, and just do a quick cut. And we do four diagonals across the top of the loaf. Now you can also do some pretty intricate designs, um, especially on those round loaves. And they're all incredibly beautiful I see a lot of them but it can also cause too much gas to escape in the oven. If this happens the oven spring will be reduced which can make your bread crumb less light and airy. So adding too many cuts will also weaken the tension in the perimeter layer of the bread which weakens the formation of the crust. I love all the beautiful designs out there that I see and um, but if you're running into those trouble with your doughs, it's basically not light or airy, or you find yourself with a weak crust, you may want to cut back on all that scoring. <laughs> so you can still create an art project, just not as many cuts in the dough that might help you out. Okay, now we put the loaves in the oven, which has been preheated. I would prefer a minimum of 425 degrees. You can go as high as 450, but somewhere between 425 and 450. I would try 425 unless you're sure your oven temperature is accurate. So I have seen some home ovens or actually not even home commercial ones too is that if they run a little hot you're better off setting your temperature a little bit lower. Um, there gets a point where it's it's too hot and it bakes too quick on the outside. Sure you get your hard crust but the stuff's not done in the middle. You'd want to bake it no more than 450 degrees is the bottom line. And if you have an oven thermometer, that'll tell you. So that's what I'm going to suggest. If you're not really sure of the temperature of your oven, start at 425 and you can kind of adjust from there. Okay, now we're going to get the baguettes, put them in the oven. Now, one thing about getting a harder crust, we've got the high temperature, right? And we're going to inject steam and I'm going to talk about that in a second. But also, if it bakes on a hot surface, 
it's first of all it's going to bake quicker it's going to curl upwards more likely in other words it's not going to spread out like we were trying to avoid if you have the ability to warm up the pan and then kind of roll your baguette out on it and you got to be careful because these pans are hot right um so you put the pan in the oven heat it up with the oven temperature pull it out and then now you're going to transfer your baguette to that hot pan and then you're going to put it in the oven um okay so now you got your baguettes in the oven and if you want to bake it on the pan that it proofed on in other words you don't want to transfer it to a hot pan it's totally fine i mean you can do that as well and um, it just might not come up on the bottom and it might also be a little not quite as hard as crust on the bottom but like i said it's still going to taste great and you know it's not really that big of a deal so um if you want to make a purchase you could also purchase a baguette pan which is it's shaped like the baguettes and they have some that will actually fit into home ovens um, and those are kind of nice because um, it reduces the likelihood you're going to get a flat baguette right nobody wants a flat baguette <laughs> you kind of want a more round now we're ready to add steam and that is crucial to getting that crusty bread without a moist environment the dough will not be able to expand which will create that thicker kind of crust and it reduces the release of moisture from the dough making the bread dense as the what happens is the starches on the outside perimeter of the bread they should have moisture to absorb it, otherwise they may not release their natural oils that will also make that crunchy crust as your bread's baking its outer layer or crust eventually reaches 180 degrees at this point is where the starches on that surface they, they burst well first they become gel like okay and then they, they um when they burst and then they harden in the oven's heat to more of a crackly consistency i mean it kind of you can see them it kind of looks like pimples like on top of your um, final loaf and steam hitting the bread surface it basically facilitates this whole process but you also want to make sure you're not over steaming your doughs and um, so i had a franchisee ask about that because her she was adding steam into the oven she has an older oven like the one i have in san Luis obispo too it was still coming out pale it was coming out pale and it also wasn't that hard well it turns out she was adding too much steam and later on in the process um, and if there's too much liquid on the surface of the dough as it rises, then it will remain pale, soft, and it'll rise poorly. So your steam should come in earlier in the bake. I would recommend right when you put it in the oven, try to inject some steam then. Or um, if you can't, do it like within five minutes. So you kind of want to try to get the first half of the bake. Now, if you want to have a another pan on the bottom what you can do is um, just throw ice on it I've done that at home I haven't done it at the bakery because we just don't do it that way we just throw the water right on the shelf um, but you can use like an empty pan like underneath and just throw water on that or you can use like a bowl of ice too all of it will create some steam that's what you're going for let's say that you're finding that your dough bakes a lot quicker than you thought and so it's starting to get kind of hard on the outside but doesn't seem to get up to temperature on the inside 
Well, just basically turn your oven off and leave your, and oh, I would even open the oven door for a bit and just leave your breads in the oven to do a little more baking at a much lower temperature. Um, and then it will also, you can just cool it in there. So that's kind of where you're cooling your breads off too. And you'll find that will help prevent it from getting burnt on the outside in order to get the inside baked. And then the other thing you can do is you can turn the temperature of your, of your oven down to like 200 from you know your 450. Now, last tip here on the baguettes is um, one way to preserve it and make the best use of your time is you can actually take them out about five minutes early when they're still lighter in color. Then you can freeze them. It's par baking is what you're doing is that so it's mainly baked, right? So you're 90% there, but they're fully cooled, right? So you got to Take them out when they're still a little bit light in color, let them cool, then wrap them up airtight and freeze. And when you're ready to serve the baguettes, all you have to do is pop them back in the oven for five to 10 minutes to defrost, crisp up, and get more fully brown. And they will taste pretty much the same. Surprised that you really didn't compromise the taste of the baguettes that we par-baked. Um, but you definitely don't want to leave them in the freezer for more than three months. I probably would try to do it within the month. I haven't tried it for any longer. Maybe it's good, maybe it isn't. But anyway, it does work to par bake if you are going to come and use it. And then you get, that's why it's nice because you can kind of split the recipe in half. Or you could double the recipe and bake it when you have time, especially when you have company or the holidays. You know, you got a lot of stuff going on. Sometimes it's nice to just pull the par bake loaves out of the freezer, thaw them, and pop them in the oven. How I would suggest you try your baguettes. This is how I ate my baguettes on a daily basis when I lived in Paris. Is I'd melt cheese on them in the oven. And then I'd put some fresh onion and tomato. Put it in the oven for another five minutes. And then I'd pull it out and put my avocado on top. And I would put fresh lemon and salt and pepper. And I can tell you that it is a delicious appetizer or a treat, snack. It was kind of more of my meals for the most part. And I still have very fond memories of that time in Paris. Not really the school part because I actually got my worst grades I've ever gotten. <laughs> and it was partly because it was a rainy, rainy, rainy summer. It was Paris is kind of a big city and it rained almost every day. So I ended up spending a lot of time in Nice. But I still had my baguettes down there because, and they were still cheap. It was all over France, the same price, basically. You, I didn't study much down on the beach in Nice. <laughs> and so anyway, so that was my experience with France. It was great for the delicious cheeses and the pizzas and, and the breads, but not so good in the study department. And I came back to the U.S. and the bread wasn't as good, but I was able to study more and ended up you know, finishing law school. I will include in the show notes the recipe and some other tips on this. And I'd love to hear how everything is turning out for everybody. Every once in a while, I get an email from somebody um, and I can tr help troubleshoot, especially if, if they're my recipes. I will tell you that photos really help. And if I know too, the choice of flowers, um, flower does matter. 
um, in baking. Because if you think about it, your recipes are 90% flour. It's important to make sure you use the type of flour that the person is recommending. On that note, everybody, happy baking. Au revoir.